Friends, I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. You heard a couple of uh, parts of that this morning in the children's message. Matthew 28. We're going to read the first 10 verses there. When you have found it, would you please rise for the reading of God's holy word. Listen to God's word. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Beloved in Christ, Allison and I had the privilege of traveling with our entire family a week or so ago on vacation. We were at the ocean and near a pool, and both of those bodies of water in their own way brought my grandkids some moderate fears that they had to work through. First was the pool. Now, Grandson Ellis has had a year of swimming lessons with the famous or infamous Sultan of Swim, Miss Rita of Granville, Michigan. So he understands what it means in one week's time to be lovingly yet forcibly not only introduced to a pool full of shiny H2O, but also challenged to put his head under, open his eyes, use big arms, and kick, kick, kick his way unassisted from one side of the pool to the other, and even seamlessly stealing a deep breath about halfway across. In one week's time, he went from carrying a total fear of the unknown to a fearless crawl across the chlorine. Fast forward, though, from last summer to spring vacation just two weeks ago, guess what? The fear of the unknown was back. 
with a vengeance. It's like Ellis had never seen water before. Unknown pool, unknown water, unknown people watching, even the guy urging him on to jump in. It's okay, I will catch you. Even that guy who loves him like, well, like he loves his own grandson <laughs> might as well have been unknown to him. He was obviously not Miss Rita. This idea of getting in a pool and swimming had become totally foreign to him. Ellis was firmly entrenched in that same old fear of the unknown as he stood on the side of the pool, knees knocking together, wondering who in their right mind would put this much water in any one place. And then we walked to the ocean. Don't worry, I'll hold your hand, and I won't let you go. I don't want to go in. Come on, it's just like the pool. No, it's not. <laughs> By this time, he had gotten over the pool fear. Ellis, I'll hold you the whole time. No. We'll only go in up to your knees. It will be so much fun. I can't do it. The fear of the unknown. Interestingly, when we found a, a tiny hermit crab on the beach, he was more than willing to touch it, treating it with such familiarity, you'd think he'd ran into these creatures every single day. No fear of the unknown there, that's for sure. But the water, definitely a fear of the unknown. And it took some coaxing, but by day three, well, he was like Aquaman, so all was fine. Well, that's our seventh and final fear that we'll talk about in our series of messages this Lenten season and now on Easter Sunday, the fear of the unknown. Here they are, the two Marys. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, that's the mother of James, and that's not James, Jesus' half-brother, who wrote the book of James. It's another James entirely, someone they called James the lesser or the younger. So in other words, this is not Mary, Jesus' mother, all right? It is another Mary. So the two Marys are on their way to the tomb early in the morning at dawn on Sunday. They're going there for the purpose of embalming Jesus' body. And from the other Gospels, we know that there were other women with them, Johanna, Salome, and so on. They, they come to look at the tomb. Now imagine this for a moment. You don't have to think too long to realize that already at the outset of this story, there is likely some considerable apprehension here for these ladies. It's pretty dark yet. And they are walking through a cemetery. That alone strikes fear into most people. Not too many people enjoy walking through a graveyard when it's pretty dark out. And not only that, they know there is going to be a very large and heavy stone in front of this tomb. And they're wondering, we know this from the book of Mark, they're wondering on the way, how are we going to move that heavy gravestone out of the way? And perhaps, perhaps they even know that Pontius Pilate has, the day before, ordered Roman guards to seal the tomb and to stand guard so no one could get in the tomb. That, too, may be on their minds and hearts, giving them a little 
anxiety as they head there. They might have to deal with the Roman guards. But even if they didn't know that, they do know that messing around with the tomb of someone that the Roman Empire has kept such a close watch on, they know that anything they do might get them into trouble. There are a whole lot of unknown variables here. Put them all together, surely their capacity for fear is increasing by the minute. To repeat, it's dark, they're in a graveyard, giant stone in front of the tomb, sealed and guarded, and likely this means trouble for anyone caught loitering near the tomb. Their fear, in fact, may be off the charts. So they arrive, and what do they see? They see the aftermath of an earthquake. They see the stone is rolled away. They see Roman guards normally scared of nothing lying prone on the ground like they're dead. And they see an angel of the Lord sitting on the stone. His appearance like lightning. Lightning. Let that sink in. His clothes, white as snow. So Mary, you ever seen anything like this before? No, other Mary, have you? You think they were scared? Of course they were. Scared of the unknown. Afraid for the unknown. Fear of the unknown. What has happened? What is going on here? But they can't look away, can they? And right about then... God must have known he needed to meet them in their fear of the unknown. And he spoke a word of peace and assurance to them. The angel who always speaks messages from God, the angel said to them the words we've been hearing Jesus say throughout this season of Lent. Same words. Do not be afraid. What else could they be? After all, you just don't see angels appearing like lightning and clothes white as snow. You just don't see them every day of the week. What are they supposed to think? It's unknown to us. What is about to happen? Maybe the angel was the one who took care of those guards. He'll make short work of us. Seeing an angel, I, I can't imagine, can you? That you'd actually stay on your feet. What is this unknown? Surely they were terrified. God knew that the first word out of the messenger angel's mouth in this astonishingly unknown situation for these ladies, God knew it had to be, do not be afraid. Instant relief. Instant assurance. Instant peace. This majestic, magnificent being is not going to kill us. And God, through his angel, spoke that instant peace into their hearts and followed it up with some instant explanation. I know who you're looking for. You're looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he lay. You can picture it, can't you? The women listening to his words, 
the women trying to comprehend this incomprehensibly unknown situation. He's not here. Who took him? Are we going to get in trouble? Will they think he, we stole the body? For one moment, those fears come rushing back. But then, he has risen. Just as he said. Risen? That can't be. We saw him die on the cross. We saw him placed in the tomb. It's been three days. Risen? From the dead? We saw him dead. How can that be? And then the beckoning, right? The beckoning. Come, see. Come. Come here. Right here. Look here. He's not here. He's risen. As he said. Can they even wrap their heads around this? The angel met their fear of the unknown, first with a word of peace and assurance, do not be afraid, and then a word of good news, the best ever, risen, risen, risen. But it doesn't end there, does it? He continues to meet their fear of the unknown with not just that word of peace and assurance, but with a word of mission. You women, you now have a job, a mission, go quickly. And tell his disciples, tell Peter, tell John, tell them Jesus is risen from the dead. And he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. And the angel ends the conversation with, now I have told you. I have given you everything you need for what you must do next. Your mission. Tell the others. The angel of the Lord met their fear of the unknown with not only peace, but with mission. He gave them a mission. And that was the start, wasn't it? The start of people telling other people, Christ is risen. Oh, he's risen indeed. This was the moment it started. This was the start. Right here. The Apostle Paul says it like this. For what I received, I passed on to you as of utmost importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day. That's how the Apostle Paul told it to the churches so he, that he planted to all those who heard him and believed and to those who didn't. Paul got that mission ingrained on him as well. He had his own fear of the unknown experience on the road to Damascus when he was struck blind by the light of the world, Jesus, who by that time had already risen. But right here with these women, this was the starting point of it. The start of people telling other people Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. You know, we've been having, having, having a lot of funerals at Faith Community lately. We had one this past Wednesday for Frank Dornbush. And I got to tell a lot of people that same thing. 2,000-year-old story, true story, that Jesus is risen. And because of that, we too shall rise, even though we die, yet we live. I told the people gathered at that funeral about a book of prayers that Allison and I have been praying together. Some of them I've used in the evening services, morning and evening prayers by Neil Plantinga. And I told them that one particular paragraph of one of those prayers so reminded me of what happens now because of Jesus when a dear loved one who knows Jesus dies. The sentence or two in the prayer goes like this. It asks in the prayer for Jesus 
the risen Christ to wear his look of welcome for sisters and brothers whose calling this night is to die. Wear your look of welcome, Jesus, for sisters and brothers whose calling this night it is to die. And it asks in the prayer for Jesus, the risen Lord, to escort them by a party of angels into his radiance and light. Light them up with the rays of his love. And it asks in the prayer for Jesus, the risen one, to tell them that their sins have been forgiven and that they are now blanketed in his righteousness. And it asks in the prayer for Jesus, who has risen, to promise them a future filled with love and joy. Beautiful prayer. I read that prayer with Allison a day or two after Frank passed from this life to the next. And all I could think of was Frank, just a day or two before. It was his calling that night to die. And as I looked out at his six children at that funeral and their spouses and their children and their children's children, and it was clear that Frank had told them about Jesus. Frank and Shirlene made sure they knew about Jesus, about how he paid for our sins on the cross because we certainly can't, and rose from the dead, opening up the way for us too to rise from the dead unto eternal life. We certainly can't make any of that happen, but we can tell others about the one who can. As Frank died... He told it one more time to his family. He said, I got to go. And he breathed a few more breaths and was gone. And his family got to hear that. His family over the years got to hear what these women at the tomb were told to do. The same message, that same good news, the same mission. He's not here. Jesus is risen right here in Matthew 28 where the angel met these women, met their fear of the unknown with first peace and assurance and then with a mission. Tell the world Jesus is risen and humanity has had that mandate for 2,000 years now. The fear of the unknown is met with the mandate to tell the good news of Jesus' resurrection. And the story doesn't end there, does it? They're still afraid. They hurry away from the tomb, afraid, yet now they're filled with joy, too. So the fear has been met in part, but this is one where they need a double dose of antidote for their fear. They're hurrying, afraid, joyful, running, running to tell the disciples, and suddenly Jesus meets them. Talk about a fear of the unknown. This person was in the grave. This person was dead. This person is a ghost? This doesn't happen every day. First the angel, now the teacher, the Messiah, the Son of God himself. Are you kidding me? Are they still afraid? Afraid of the unknown? You better believe it. Look where they are. They're at his feet, clasping his feet. He has feet 
and they feel them. They're solid. There's toes, ten of them. And already Jesus is meeting their fear of the unknown, first a greeting by voice, then letting them touch his feet, real physical feet. This is what resurrection feels like. And they're not letting go as they lie there prone, not like the guards, like dead men, no. So much better, they are alive, more alive than they've ever felt before. This man, Jesus, Savior, Lord, God, is real and resurrected, and we're touching him, and we're not dead. So they worship. They do what any one of us would do. Worship him. How could they not? Do you think they understood what this meant for them? That Jesus had the answer for death itself? And here they were holding the feet of the one who was the answer for death itself, who defeated death itself, who held the keys of death itself, who defeated death death, who turned this enemy into an entrance unto eternal life. They were holding on to him. Had to have been exhilarating and terrifying. Because once again, God knows exactly what they need to hear. The second dose. Remember how we were all supposed to make sure we got a second dose of vaccine for corona. Well, here's a second dose of fear antidote. Do not be afraid. Jesus doses them, douses them once more with peace and assurance. The angel at Jesus' command administered the first dose in the story. The angel did that. Jesus gives them the second. A second dose of what he's been saying his entire ministry. Do not be afraid. He meets their fear with a booster shot of peace. But just like the angels at his command, he follows it up with another word. A word for people dealing with the fear of the unknown. And that follow-up word to peace and assurance, again, is mission. Go and tell my brothers. They're going to see me alive and resurrected. They're going to see me risen from the dead. Go and tell. Mission. It's why we learned the I Believe Gospel Summary. So we can tell others. The good news, straight from God's word, that Jesus is risen. That he died to forgive sins. That he rose again to give eternal life. Because if it were left up to us, well, we'd never be able to do any of it. Peace and assurance and a good news mission. That's how Jesus meets us in our fears of the unknown. What fear of the unknown are you dealing with today? What is it? Name it right now in your heart. Name it. And then hear the risen one, Christ, say straight to you, do not be afraid. I'm right here, alive and well and resurrected. So real you can clasp my feet Do not be afraid. And now that you know that, that I'm alive, risen, you've got a mission before you. Don't be afraid of it. Even though you might quake with fear, tell it. Tell the good news. It's a mission I have especially for you. Ask me to identify someone whom you can tell. To put someone in your path 
whom you can tell. Ask me for help to speak to them even from your place of fear. Some of you know the name Corey Ten Boom, who, along with her sister Betsy and many others, were shipped like cattle to Ravensbrück concentration camp during World War II. They had been part of the incredible Dutch resistance. They hid Jews, fed Jews, took care of Jews, and Corey had a particular place in her heart for those with disabilities, something the Nazis laughed at at her eventual sentencing. They were arrested for their resistance work, and their sentence was eventually the concentration camp. Just think about the fear of the unknown in that situation. Where are we going? I don't know. What will happen to us? I don't know. Will we be killed? I don't know. What is the final solution really about? I don't know. Corey fretted. And Sister Betsy calmed her, reminding her that there is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. Words of peace and assurance as they made their way to this death camp. They were marched into their barracks, if you can call them that, a place holding hundreds and hundreds of them. To say they were overcrowded is a terrific understatement. They basically slept there, four on top of each other. And the thing about the barracks that Betsy and Corey immediately found out as they sat down on their bunks, they immediately leaped off the wooden structure. The place was infested with fleas. How could they survive in this place? How could they possibly be used by God in a place like this. What they realized very quickly was that because of the fleas, the guards refused to enter the barracks. And once the women were locked in for the night after working all day hard outside, the guards left them all alone. And this became for Corey and Betsy an opportunity like no other. This was a field ripe for harvest. This was a mission field. Hundreds, thousands of women in the most desperate of situations. And Betsy and Corey realized it was not only a desperate situation, but that these women were desperate for a word of good news hope from God. A word all about the resurrection of Jesus. And whether they lived or they died here, a word that included the resurrection of each of them. Of each one who came to believe. And hundreds, thousands did come to believe. They were desperate for good news on this horrific mission field. 
Eventually, Betsy got sick and died and is in heaven. And many, many of the others who believed were slaughtered in the gas chamber. Corey, 10 days after Betsy died, due to a clerical error, was freed. And she went on to tell her story to so, so many after the war. She went in, fearing the unknown, and Jesus said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and tell. Fear of the unknown. And Jesus says, That's all? I died and rose again, and one day so will you. Be at peace and tell the world the good news. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for calming our fear. For telling us, do not be afraid. For speaking peace and assurance into our hearts when we are fearful. And it's so often that we're fearful. Fearful of so many things, including the unknown. Thank you for speaking a word of peace. Do not be afraid into that. But then also telling us now tell others, go and tell the good news, because you have it. You have me, Jesus, living in your heart, who died for you and rose again and is alive and will take you one day to be with me where I am. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for giving us that incredible story that is real for us because we believe it. Tell us again, Lord Jesus, not to fear. Tell us again to do our mission, to reach out with the gospel, that incredible good news that Jesus is risen. In his name we pray, amen.